The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zinn 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. Amazing. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, your exercise, and medication decisions. All those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and a lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I remember when my children, my twins, were five years old. And one of the greatest joys is when I had them at home. I knew they were safe and sound, and I was there to protect them. Well, that is what one Somerville, South Carolina mom thought, Veronica Graham. But that wasn't true. Her little girl, beautiful Italia, shot dead in her own home. Why? Beautiful Italia shot dead in her own home. I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us here at Fox Nation and Sirius XM 111. Think about it. As I used to tell my juries, don't turn away because it's distasteful or it it hurts your heart or hurts your feelings. It may even make you sick at your stomach. Don't turn away from the truth. We cannot afford to turn away from what is happening. And the truth is, look at this little girl. Have you ever seen anything more innocent? more beautiful than this little girl. I'm looking at her right now. She's sitting on her sofa. I think her little t-shirt says adore. And she's beautiful in every way. Why does this little innocent five-year-old girl have to die? And in her own home. First of all, take a listen to Dave Mack. Crime Online. Five-year-old Italia Lamelli Graham is playing inside her home with her brothers and sisters. It's a Friday night in Somerville, South Carolina. In the Evergreen subdivision, children play outside during the day, and many neighbors talk about Italia riding her bike and how she likes My Little Pony and the superhero Ladybug. She's a bright little girl with a big smile. But now she's playing inside with her brothers and sisters, and it's just before 10 p.m. when shots ring out in the Evergreen subdivision. Not from inside a home but outside in the street. 
The noise is loud enough that Somerville police officers hear seven or eight shots as they patrol nearby. As the officers head to where they hear the shots coming from, a call comes out on the radio to head to 100 Langley Drive. Police arrive. They find bullet holes in a window of the home, and they see shell casings on the ground outside in the street. Let me understand this. Straight to you, uh, Angela Brown, investigative reporter, WCIV, ABC News for Charleston. One quick question so I understand this. Do I understand it correctly, Angela Brown, that the gunshots went through the window of the home and the casings were right outside on the street? Is that correct? Yeah, you have that right. Um, this, whoever shot inside of this house fired from outside. They fired these gunshots inside of a home, not knowing who was in, or maybe they didn't know, but shot it inside of a home. And of course, this little girl was inside who was hit. Okay, uh, well, hold on, Angela. I'm just trying to establish something forensically. Angela Brown with me, WCIV ABC News 4, Charleston. Angela, how far were the casings from the window? Well, the casings were across the street from a house, the house. So just imagine a normal block. Um, on there's a, there are homes on both sides, and the casings were actually found across the street from the home where little Italian lived. That's where. Okay, uh, to Pastor people. Thomas Ravenel, who is joining us from there in the community, Pastor. I'm going to get to the whole scenario in just a moment, but I've got to establish something forensically, and that is how far are the casings feet, 30 feet, 50 feet, uh, 100 yards, the casings from the window? We're not sure, honestly. You know, we we get the basic information, some of the crime scene uh, information we have not, um, has not been, um, disclosed to us as of now. Well, do you know where the window is? Do you know where the window is? Yes, ma'am. Do you know where, how far it is to be across the street, directly across the street on the other side of the street? How far is that? It's not that far. Might be a hundred yards at the most. A hundred yards. Uh, wait a minute. A football field is 300, what's a hundred yards, right? Football field, a hundred yards. Okay. A hundred yards is the the length of a football field. You know what? I'm going to go to Italia's mom. Miss Graham, how far from your window were the shell casings? I would say... Um, Was it a football maybe field? 30, maybe Was it a football feet. field? 30 feet. Thank you. I'm going to yeah. cut, circle right back to you. Okay. It took me a while. Forgive me. I'm a JD, not a DDS. Don't know how to pull teeth. But this is what I'm getting at. And now you'll understand why I'm so concerned. To Joseph Scott Morgan, professor of forensics, Jacksonville State University, death investigator, author of Blood Beneath My Feet on Amazon. You know where I'm going, Joe Scott. Because yeah, if this is 30 feet away, this is not some drive-by. This is somebody right there pointing Okay, pointing at that window. So yep, this was windows. not some random yep. drive-by, you know, shooting up in the air. Oh, H-E-L-L, no, it's not. And I know that because of the distance between the shell casings and the window. You explain. Yeah, windows, Nancy, functional word there, not walls. That is, is this, is, is this a position 
from which an individual could stand at that distance and observe into the house. That's what makes me think, and I think some of the law enforcement types, that this is a targeted event. If you're able to look in the window, and remember, you know, one of the things is if the interior of your height of your house is illuminated at night, you can't see out of the window, but people can see in. And this is something somebody could come in with stealth and do, and no one would see them out there. They would simply fire from that position across the street through the window. And what they're saying, and I've actually seen images of this, they're showing two, not one, but two bullet holes that pass through that glass. And that's very significant, Nancy, because at that position, you're wondering who else was in the room? Was there anybody, other principals in that room? I, it's it's mind-boggling to me that someone could target a precious little angel like this, uh, you know, an innocent like this. It makes me think, I wonder if there was somebody else there that this individual, this monster, was after. Knowing what Italia's mother, Veronica Graham, has just told me about the distance of the gunshot shells to the home, this is not random. Now, the only way it could be random is if someone is shooting through windows for the thrill of it, for the sick thrill of it. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. This story means a lot to me. And, and let me correct myself. This is not a story, a fable. This is real. This is a beautiful five-year-old little girl. And I remember my little girl at five, I still had her hair like this. She'd still wear bows in her hair. I dressed her up as best as I could. I've got a picture of Italia right here holding a big teddy bear. My little girl still has her teddy bear as a child on her bed, dressed up in clothes. Here she is with bows in her hair like I do Lucy. Here she is with, it looks like, 20 braids done in her hair. And at, now I'm looking at a makeshift candlelight memorial because Italia was shot. I want to go to Italia's mother, Veronica Graham. Miss Graham, there's no way for you to know this, but on the day of this shooting, it was August 6th, correct? Miss Graham, that day I woke up in the depths of misery because August 6th is the day that changed my life. My fiance was murdered that day, August the 6th. And every day, every year, August the 6th, just is like a freight train hit me. And I was all enmeshed in my own thoughts. I, of course, didn't want my twins to know anything was wrong. And then I read about Italia. And I realized how selfish I was because your grief is a million times of mine. I can't imagine what could be worse than losing your child. Will you? And I immediately started praying for you. I didn't even know your name and for Italia about what you're going through. Will you tell me, Miss Graham, what happened that day? It 
was my uh, as my sister, my little sister Bercy. She was turning fourteen, so we decided to celebrate the birthday for her. So around like eight thirty, the party was over. We was just cleaning up. But earlier that day, Talia, every time it's somebody's birthday, Talia always feel like she needs a gift too. So I took her to the store to um, get her a little toy to play with. So it was, it was me, her, and my boyfriend. We were sitting in the living room, and she just was like, you want to see my toy? And she ran to her room, and then she ran down the hallway. And then as she was running down the hallway, I heard them screaming. And just like yelling, and I thought, considering the fact that we just had the party and the balloons and everything was out, I thought she just stepped on the balloon or something. So I'm just like, what? She is she scared? Everybody, what's going on? And I turn around, and she was just like standing. She was standing up, and then I see my boyfriend. He's like trying to jump, but he he tripped over the table trying to catch her, and then she like turned around and she. And then I noticed, like, she had a gunshot wound to her head. So then she walked to me, and she just fell in my arms. And I'm just, like, screaming and yelling. I'm screaming for help. And I'm just like, come on, Jay. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Okay, come on. And I just keep screaming for help over and over. And then, like, the police arrived. And then I was waiting on the ambulance to come. And... Finally, the ambulance arrived, and then they uh, put her inside the ambulance, but I wasn't able to drive with her in the ambulance, so I ended up going with the police officer, and then he was, um, they were um, driving me there, taking me there, and just when I was walking inside the hospital, like, the way the officer was, like, squeezing my hand and, like, kept, like, holding me, and, like, I had, like, blood everywhere. I had blood all over my dress, all over my hand, all down to my feet. My feet was still, like, and he just was, like, squeezing me, and just, like, and then I was, like, where is she? Like, let me go see her. Like, she need to hear my voice. Like, she need to hear my voice, because if she hear me, she know, like, I'm here. And he just, like, kept squeezing me, and I was just, like, where is she? Where is she? And he's just, like, just go. He's, like, just go. You need to go sit in the waiting room. And I was like, I don't want to sit in a waiting room. I want to see her. And then they put me in this room. But then they told me, they were like, well, you know, she's gone. And I just was like, no, like, not my baby. Like, no. Like, we was already, we already had plans. Like, I put, she loved chocolate milk. And I put chocolate milk in the cooler for her just before. And I'm just like, because when you wake up, you know, you have nice cold chocolate milk. And it's still sitting in the refrigerator. And I'm just like, it just, mm-hmm. I don't know why. It's just me and my kids. We, it's just a woman and kids in the house. I don't know why it would be targeted at all. Miss Graham. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Guys, joining me is Italia's mother, Veronica Graham. And she has just told you about what happened the evening. Italia was shot in her own home, in the hallway of their home. You know, to you, Dr. Bethany Marshall, 
I don't know if you remember when my dad passed away a couple of years ago, and we had a thing. He was trying to talk him and my mom into living with, with us, and they'd spend a lot of time up here. And every night after dinner, I'd ask my dad, can I make you a decaf? And he'd go, oh, no, don't worry. But I'd, of course, go make him one anyway. And I remember at the hospital, when he was about to pass away, I was whispering in his ear. Everybody else was saying, you can go. You can go ahead. And I was literally in his ear going, no, Daddy, don't. Do not leave me here. Come on, let's go home. And I'll make you a cup of decaf. And when she's talking about that chocolate milk, that's what it makes me think of. What is it is our minds just can't take in what's happening and we, we want to go back to what's normal to us? And Nancy, you know, I remember your book signing. Yeah. When your dad fainted. Do you remember oh, that? Gosh. That yes. I have never, I feel like crying right now. I have never heard someone scream like you screamed. I heard you scream, Daddy. And I was like, what the heck? And I turned around and your dad had collapsed. It was that same, you know, emotion that Italia's mom is talking about and the boyfriend when he ran down the hallway. I think our minds are not prepared for that kind of loss. I mean, she had been with Italia for five years. She, she just said Italia needed to hear her voice. The mother-infant tie is so strong that to accept that that tie has been broken, snapped, that the attachment has been pierced in some way, it's unfathomable. You, you can't accept it in a moment. It, it, she's going to be working on this for years. I've said so many times on your show, grieving is disillusionment. When you grieve, you, you dispossess yourself or dismantle the illusion that your life will go forward with this one person. But in this moment, it was still going forward. She was putting the chocolate milk in the refrigerator and it's gonna be a long, slow process for her. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Guys, you gotta help us find the person and figure out what happened to this beautiful little girl. Just, when you look at her picture, you'll see what I mean. So innocent, so sweet, at home with mommy. Why would someone shoot straight through the window with this little girl inside? Who wanted this child dead? Why? I've got a tip line for you. It's 843-285-7305. Repeat, 843-285-7305. Take a listen to our friends at WCSC Live 5 News. This is Caitlin Stansel. Somerville police returned to the scene this afternoon to look for more evidence and talk to residents after a five-year-old girl was shot and killed. When we came out, we seen all the policemen. Bullet holes remain in the window of the home on Langley Drive. Authorities say someone fired into the house from outside. 
leaving their shell casings behind across the street. Don't shoot up the house, man. That's, that's just a coward act right there. Police say Italia Brown was hit by one of those bullets while inside her family's home around 10 o'clock last night. And you killing children, they ain't even got much to do with nothing. The baby been five. She man. was just about to go to school. It, Neighbors say they believe the house was targeted. It's hard out here. I ain't gonna lie to you. This neighborhood kind of hard. Somerville police have not yet released information about any known suspects in the case. Again, tip line 843-285-7305. In addition to Italia's mother, Veronica Graham, with me is Pastor Thomas Ravenel joining us from the community. Pastor, thank you for being with us. Thank you for having me. Preacher, what can you tell me about what police are saying right now about who would shoot a five-year-old little girl? Nancy, you know, as I said, the police is just as stunned as we are. Very limited information coming in. The night of the vigil, you can see the expression on the police. They were just as, as upset and sad as we were. Um, but again, very limited information. We have a theme that we use, see something, say something. And so we're, we're, we're on social media. Majority of us have changed our profile picture. I know myself and, and, and Ms. Veronica, we've changed our profile picture to Italia. Every day we're sharing the flyers. Um, with, but look, very little information is coming in um, at all. Very little. I hate it's, that. It's I hate that because right. we need something to work with. Uh, Pastor Ravenel joining me there from Somerville, South Carolina, along with Italia's mother, Veronica Graham. Let me bring in the rest of the panel. You know, Lee Egan joined me. Lee is a um, reporter, journalist, joining me from CrimeOnline.com. Lee, are there any leads that you know of now because you've inve been investigating the case as well? Anything? Hey, Nancy, there are no leads that we know of. There is a saying going around that people in the community may know and they're not saying anything. But as far as what police have told us, nothing, absolutely nothing. Now, Lee, what is the number one rule that I give you? And that is when I ask you something, don't say I don't know. Tell me what you think. But in this case, you're absolutely right. Nobody knows. And I find that really hard to believe because isn't it true, Miss Graham, that at that time of the night, August the 6th, it was still a little bit daylight? Yes, ma'am. Then when shots ring out to you, Cloyd Steiger, 36 years, Seattle PD, 22 of that, homicide, author, Seattle's Forgotten, serial killer, Gary Jean Grant Cloyd. When you hear a gunshot, people stop. It's like, as I said the other day on the air, the first time I saw a junkie shoot up, you know instinctively something's wrong. It's like when you hear a, a, a rattlesnake for the first time or you hear a, somebody racking a shotgun. It's instinctive. You know something is wrong. When you hear a gunshot, you want to tell me in a neighborhood where children like where I grew up would still be in the yard running at each other's homes at 830 at night in the summertime. Oh, yes. It wasn't even fully dark yet. And nobody saw a thing. And this is 50 feet or less from their window. That is not true. I don't believe that, Cloyd Steiger. Yeah, there's no doubt. There's a, people saw this and for whatever reason don't want to tell 
you know, the first murder I ever investigated was very much like this little girl in her house sleeping when somebody shot up the house and they killed her and, uh, in 1994. And nobody wanted to say anything. We actually were able to get those guys because somebody made an anonymous tip. And maybe somebody should just make an anonymous tip in this case. If they don't want to be called that, at least point the police in the right direction. Then they can work that way. But, you know, this is uh, this is one of the nothing worse that ever happened to a parent. And I always hated having to deal with parents because I felt so sorry for them in the situation. But that makes the police want to investigate and get this guy almost as much as the mother does. I'm trying to figure out what we know about uh, the cause of death. But first, to Ashley Wilcott, judge, trial lawyer, anchor, court TV at AshleyWilcott.com. Ashley, weigh in. Listen, this is a senseless act of violence, needless to say. First of all, bullets. We know there were bullets that can then be placed with what type of gun. That's information that everybody needs to know because then they know if there's a gun owner with that particular type of gun, perhaps that's someone that needs to be spoken to. Videos. This day and age, let me tell you something about youth and young adults that I see in my court. Everybody loves to video. Now, that's good news to catch a criminal. So I believe somewhere out there may be videos that would give information to the police about who did this. You know, uh, I think you're right, Ashley Wilcott, and I want to circle back following up on what you're saying, Ashley, to Joseph Scott Morgan, professor, forensics, Jacksonville State. The Somerville police say officers, witnesses heard gunfire and they saw a home that had been struck. Here's the critical part. Multiple times multiple times this was not somebody shooting up in the air for the heck of it which is ridiculous anyway this is someone from about 30 to 50 feet away and i'm looking at a picture of the home right now the home is about that window is about 25 30 feet from the street at most the street is 20 feet wide at most i'm looking at it and i'm estimating um i see where there are marks of crime scene tape, and that is telling me where the bullets were. So, multiple shots at a window, the lights on inside, as Miss Graham just told us. There are different floodlights on people's homes. It's a tree lined street. It looks like a Leave It to Beaver Street. Um, it's a ranch home. All the windows are on the ground floor. There are some shrubs in front of some of the windows, not all. Multiple shots, Joe Scott. That's telling me even more. Yeah, it is. And let's talk about the the weapon, circling back to to what Ashley mentioned just a second ago. Uh, We had uh, what we know are spent casings. That means they have been ejected from the weapon. That means that this is a semi-automatic weapon, Nancy, and even the casings themselves. Hey, 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 hey. Talk regular people talk. Uh Most people don't have a semi-automatic weapon that they can compare to. I hope they don't anyway, so go ahead. Explain what you're saying. Yeah, what we're talking about is most likely a handgun that has a magazine in it. You know, you see in movies where people, you know, will slide a magazine into the grip. stories with Nancy Grace. Guys, we're talking about the death of a five-year-old little girl. Beautiful. Gorgeous. If you haven't seen her picture, you can see it at crimeonline.com, Italia. 
I want to go back to Veronica Graham. This is Italia's mother. But first, take a listen to our friend Angela Brown joining us today. ABC News for Charleston. Glendarek is a new dad, raising a son just around the block from where five-year-old Italia Brown was shot and killed. Living next door to Glendarek is Terrence Carter, a father himself. That's my, that's my firstborn right there. So in so a way, cute. it kind of really, really hit home because I think about, you know, my own child, you know, so. I mean, it's just a sad occasion. I pray for the family, feel sorry for the family. Living next door to Glendrick is Terrence Carter, a father himself. The first thing you're going to do really is call and check on your kids and, and make sure, you know, it kind of reminds you that uh, any day could be your last. Neighbors tell me they often saw Italia riding her bike, playing. Because I see her all the time, riding a bicycle, playing with a chair. I mean, if I got something, candy or something, give me, I give it to them. You know what I mean? But you nice little kid and got, all them got good manners. Today, a pink bike rests beside her home, along with bullet holes in the window. This rough for a little girl to leave out of the world like that. To Italia's mother joining me right now, Veronica Graham. Miss Graham, it has been said that a stray bullet hit Italia. I don't believe it was a stray bullet because there were at least two gunshots fired. Nobody else in the neighborhood had their windows broken or were fired at. And this was about 30 to 50 feet from the window. It was clearly aimed. Miss Graham, what are police telling you about their theory as to who shot your daughter? Yeah, the only thing they told me so far that they believed the person was on foot, not driving, because the officer was at the stop sign and the stop sign is the way like the exit so they said they rewind the dashboard um the dash camera of the cop car and they didn't see anybody leave or anybody go that's why the cops were able to respond as fast as they did because they were already sitting sitting on the stop sign by the stop sign so they believe it was somebody on the foot so somebody was walking around let me understand something. Pastor Thomas Ravenel joining me there in Somerville. Pastor, um, could you tell me where the cop happened to be at that moment? Is that the only way in and out of the Evergreen subdivision? Yeah, yeah co correct, Nancy. So they were at the stop sign. So when you come in, you make two right turns. So the cop was already sitting at one intersection, just patrolling the neighborhood. So no vehicles came out after they heard the shooting. The only way to come out, they would have to have passed that cop, like Ms. Graham said. So that's why, how do we think the, the person who did it was somebody who familiar with the neighborhood, was comfortable walking through the neighborhood, being in the neighborhood, because, and then waited, waited at a certain, at a point in time to fire into the house. Joe Scott, we're going to get this guy. We're going to get him. This is a man that knows the neighborhood that is on foot. We've just got double confirmation. That was the only way out. And at that moment, to get into the Evergreen subdivision, at that moment, a cop happened to be sitting there. You know, I know there are bad cops. I know that as well as anybody because I've had a couple of bad cops that turned out to be witnesses on some of my cases. But when I see a cop in our neighborhood patrolling and driving by, that makes me feel good. What I'm saying is... That tells me a lot about 
who this shooter is. I can also tell you right now, Dr. Bethany Marshall, that it is a young male. What do you think, Bethany? I think it's a young male, too. I think it's somebody with an ex- with extraordinary amount of energy, somebody who has been in that neighborhood, who is very familiar with the neighborhood, somebody who has deep ties into the community. Because I was looking at the footage, and there are children playing in the streets. All the neighbors seem to know each other. Uh, this is a true community, Nancy. So they are going to be aware if somebody is walking down the street who's a stranger. I don't believe, I was trying to look at a map, I don't believe this house is near any big commercial district where you're used to strangers kind of drifting in and out. This is a close, tight-knit community where people came forward and spoke to the reporters. So there's a great deal of familiarity. That's what makes me think that not only would this be a young person with a lot of energy, but somebody who would be known, somebody who is hiding in plain sight. Somerville is part of the Charleston, North Charleston metropolitan area. It's like a bedroom community of Charleston. This is a residential neighborhood, tree-lined street. The yards are covered in grass. There's sidewalks. I want to go now to Angela Brown, investigative reporter, joining me from WCIV ABC 4. You heard her voice earlier. Angela, what do you know the cops are doing right now to try to find the shooter? Because I'm telling you right now, this is a young male, I would say 35 or under, most likely under 35, who has either lived in the neighborhood, lives in the neighborhood, or has relatives or friends that live in the neighborhood, who was on foot and owns a weapon. What are cops doing to find the killer? I definitely think that someone in that community knows this person. In fact, I've been texting with the Somerville Police Department yesterday and even this morning. And what they keep stressing is the need for not only people to come forward, but they're urging people to turn over any videotapes, cameras, because you know everybody has a camera on their house. If they have a camera on their home and was, that was focused on that area, to turn over the video. They seem to be in some ways at a dead end here. Um, they have a, they're offering some sort of award. There isn't a dollar uh, monetary amount at this point, but they have a flyer, you know, asking people to come forward with information. There will be some sort of award. reward. But talking to the PIO, I've been texting with him the last couple of days, He's been really stressing this need for video and tips. And they believe that there may be cameras on somebody's house in that area who crosses the whole thing. And they're asking people to turn over that video and to turn over their information. Well, I believe the police need to go door to door to Pastor Thomas Ravenel. Preacher, what about going door to door if the cops are too overburdened? Can you form a group to go door-to-door asking for a video? The, the, yes, Nancy. The day of the vigil, it rained. The rain caught us and really threw everything off. Our plans that day were uh, to go into the neighborhood, knocking on doors, and then having the vigil. What we're planning on doing, uh, hopefully next week, uh, is we're coming back in uh, the neighborhood, um, and we're going to every door in that neighborhood. The, the neighborhood start is a subdivision in the back and in, in the front, in the back is the apartment complex where Ms. Graham stayed. 
And what we're planning on doing next week is we're coming back in there and we're going to walk, but we're going to start in the neighborhoods and we're going to walk all the way to the back and knock on every door. Because I think everybody knows um, some cameras, even if the houses are far distant, could have picked up some of the footage. So we, we, we're just hoping and praying that maybe there was a house or a trailer um, distance away this picks something up. So you hit it right on the head. I, I, outside of my group, parents again. Preacher, preacher, you've got to do it, preacher. You have to yes, do this thing for her. And another thing, isn't this right to you, Cloyd Steiger? It may not be footage of the shooting. It may be footage of someone walking or jogging or running away. It could be so many different things, Cloyd. Yeah, that's absolutely right. As a matter of fact, it's much more likely that it's not the shooting itself. But it doesn't have to be. It just has to be a person that you can see his clothes. You can see... Uh, what, whether he has a gun in his hand or not. And uh, yeah, there's, it's, there's video out there somewhere. You just got to find it. To Veronica Graham, this is Italia's mother. Miss Graham, what do you want people to hear from you today? I just want justice. It's all just justice, some type of closure. Because I, I, don't, I don't know why. Somebody would even do that, knowing we've been staying over there for five years, and she was born over there, so it's not like we're new to the neighborhood or anything, so they just know it's just women and children in the house. So, I don't know. I just want to... Miss Graham, to I just got to ask you, when you wake up in the morning, how do you even keep going? Can't. I I have one. I have a 12-year-old daughter, and that's my motivation. I still got to be strong for her. Guys, the tip line is 843-285-7305. Please help us get justice for this beautiful little five-year-old girl, Italia. We wait as justice unfolds. Nancy Grace, Crime Story, signing off. Goodbye, friend. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. It's Dexcom. With the new Dexcom G7, you get better diabetes results without those awful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or to your watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affect your glucose. It makes it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. 
take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's so easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 